Fucking Harry Potter, man. That guy. That guy. What a guy. What a guy. That Harry Potter. Oh yeah, hitting you with another episode right right immediately after. This is a twofer. This is chapter 16. This one's called The Chamber of Secrets, and it is the titular chapter, and it's also the anti-penultimate chapter. Side note, I think it's funny when someone uses penultimate incorrectly. For some reason, people use it to mean like super ultimate. And they'll be like, he's the penultimate gentleman. And I'm always like, fuck. There's only gonna be one more gentleman. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. It's not a good joke. It's a terrible joke. And so, uh... We're, here we are, they think that Moaning Myrtle is the murdered girl, and so they're like, fuck, how are we gonna get into the woman's bathroom? You know, that place where we repeatedly went throughout the book just to get away, and to which the narrator never bothered to explicate any sort of difficulty sneaking into. That place? Gonna be real tough getting in there now, for some reason. And so then they learn that they have to take their exams, and they're all super surprised about this for some reason. Like, I guess they thought that the school would just relinquish the ideological sorting mechanism of testing and grades, i.e. its only important function, just because some people were getting knocked the fuck out and the headmaster resigned. Am I the only one that doesn't think that this is, like, that big of a deal? Like, yeah, this shit kind of happens sometimes. Anyway, so then later the cat professor lady is like, I have some good news, the mandrakes are fully grown, and so we can save these kids' lives, and maybe they can tell us who is the heir to the throne or whatever. And Harry and Ron are talking about these developments, and friend of the show, Ginny Weasley, is like, I got some shit to say. And Harry notices that she looks like Dobby the Slave Elf? Remember that fucker? Anyway, Ginny Weasley, friend of the show, is about to say some important shit, and then Percy walks over and is like, uh, get up, I want to sit here and eat. And Ginny has what I can only describe as a sort of Pavlovian fear response, and she just jumps up out of her chair and scurries off. And Harry and Ron are both like, dude, what the fuck? She was just about to tell us something important. And Percy is like, I don't know, she just, she was just, walk, she she walked in on me jacking off. And that's all she was going to say. And like, oh, that's fucking weird, dude. And so the next day or whatever, they're sneaking out to find Moaning Myrtle. And they get caught by the Professor Catwoman. And they're like, oh no, we were sneaking to visit Bossy Girl. Like that was their cover excuse. And Professor Catwoman is like, Oh, well, that's the nicest thing I've ever heard. Like, of course you can see her. Tell so-and-so at the front office that I give you my permission. So apparently the security can be beat by just lying and saying Professor Catwoman gave you the permission. That's some good security right there. And so anyway, instead of finding Myrtle, they decide to actually go see Bossy Girl, which is weird as fuck, but whatever. They're just like, let's completely change plans based on a lie that we made up. And they get inside, and... She very conveniently is, she's, she's knocked out, but she very conveniently has a note clenched in her fist. Like, no one bothered to see that? Like, aren't there nurses looking at her? Like, mm, maybe the clenched fist note has something important on it. This is wild negligence on the part of the hospital. And so it's this, the, the thing she has clenched in her fist is like a ripped out story about this basilisk, which is a giant serpent, and it's been slithering through the pipes, and... Harry can hear it, so Harry, like, starts putting it together, and Harry can hear it because he's a snake-hearing guy, 
and so it's like a snake. It's the snake is the one that's doing those Fury of Five covers, and the thing about this fucking snake is, if you look directly in its eyes, you die instantly. But they they get it on a technicality because the photography kid looked at him through a camera lens, and the other kid, like Justin or whatever, he looked at him through the translucent body of Nearly Headless Nick, and as for Nearly Headless Nick, he can't die twice, so he he's off the hook. And then Bossy Girl, I guess, was looking through a mirror because they found a mirror, and she told the other girl also to look through a mirror, and that cat probably only saw him through the water in the flooding bathroom. This is a series of coincidences that, frankly, beggar belief. It's almost as if all of this bullshit was completely shoehorned in. Like, really, everybody that's seen the snake just happened to see it through some veil or refractory something. It seems dumb as hell. And then, uh, they're just as they're putting together all this shit, uh, that there's an announcement from Professor Catwoman, and she calls everyone into, I don't know, the auditorium or whatever, and she's like, okay, bad news, everybody. The monster captured a person. This is real bad. And, uh, also the heir to Slytherin or whatever, like, left a note. And it said that this person's skeleton will lie in the chamber forever. And that's like some metal-ass shit right there. So that's cool. And then everyone's like, oh god, this is so terrible. And then finally someone is like, who is it? Who is it that got captured? And Professor Catwoman is like, oh, it's it's uh, it's friend of the show, Ginny Weasley. And just then old Sue Grafton comes in. And all the professors are like weirdly, sarcastically mean to him. They're all like, oh, you didn't you say you could handle the Chamber of Secrets? You fucking bloviating piece of shit. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. And they're all like, okay, good. Uh, now that he's out of the way and he's going to solve all our problems, uh, everyone is going home and we're closing Hogwarts down. Which is weird because, honestly, on the list of reasons Hogwarts should close down, uh, a snake captured one of the students and is likely to kill it probably wouldn't crack my top ten. Like, these are fucking wizards. Just send the students home for a week while you figure this shit out and then just, like, I don't know, keep the school open a week later into summer, you know? I'm honestly baffled at how this long-standing institution is just like, well, giant murdering serpent, no more school forever. There is nothing else we can do about it. We are closing down for eternity. Like, come on. Fucking Columbine opened like a couple months after. Anyway, so they're like, well, I guess Ginny, friend of the show, was captured by this snake because she found something out. Because she was acting weird, A. And B, she's a pureblood, so there'd be no other ideological reason to capture her and so they're like what do we do i know why don't we tell sue grafton what we know there's no way that's a dumb idea given how utterly incompetent bordering on suspiciously incompetent he's been portrayed as throughout the entirety of this book yeah good idea so they go to sue grafton's office and he's there but he's packing and he's skipping town and for some reason harry is like wait but you're a famous awesome guy I've read your books, and despite literally all available evidence showing how wildly full of shit you are, I have nevertheless chosen to believe in the fantasy version of you for no reason whatsoever. And Sue Grafton is like, "Eh, okay, so I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, first of all. I'm completely full of shit. I can't save your friend or your sister, and I'm bouncing. Is that clear enough? And Harry's like, but then how did you do all this stuff in the books? Like, what, like, this is gonna get him on a tell? Like, oh shit, you're right, I do know how to do this stuff. Like, no, he's a fucking liar. But anyway, so he's like, I found the people who actually did it, and I wrote what they told me, and then I used a fucking, like, Men in Black-style eraser memory thing, just like I'm gonna do to you right now, and, and Harry's like, no fucking way, and 
Sue Grafton tries to do some magical shit, and Harry does some magical shit first, and he says a magic thing, and Sue Grafton falls on his ass. And then Ron grabs Sue Grafton's wand and throws it out the window. And they're and then they're like, you're coming with us for some reason. And he's like, what? Why? And they're like, actually, we don't know either. None of this makes any sense. And so they all go into the girls' bathroom. They just walk right in. There was a big to-do about whether they could do whether they had to sneak in earlier, but no, apparently... It's easy now. Now that the entire school is shutting down forever. And then they see Moaning Myrtle and they're like, Moaning Myrtle, how did you die? And Moaning Myrtle's like, uh, some jerk was making fun of my glasses, so I came into the bathroom to cry, and then some boy said some shit in a foreign language, and I looked at two yellow eyes and I fucking died. And everyone's like, that is metal as fuck. And she's like, yeah, it was badass. Anyway, I came back here to haunt that stupid girl who's making fun of my glasses, and I think the, the yellow eye thing came out of the sink. And so Harry looks at the sink, and he needs to, like, say some shit to get the snake to come out or whatever, to, like, open the sink in the chamber or whatever. But he doesn't know how to speak snake on command. He just does it. It's like a code switch thing. And so then there happens to be a little engraving of a snake on one of the the sink taps, which is super convenient. But then Harry tries to pretend like it's a real snake, and, like, he's like, open up. And Ron's like, nah, you said that shit in English, dude. And Harry's like, fuck. And so then he just tries again, but a little bit harder, and it works. Like, good good plotting on that one. And then the sink opens up, and Harry, like, looks at it, and there's, like, this white light, and Harry, like, wants to follow into the white light. And Ron's like, I'm going too. And then they're like, but actually, Sue Grafton, who is our prisoner, and now Canary, is going first. And so they all go into these pipes, like fucking Mario Brothers. And they slide in, and they come out, and it's, you know, standard issue Dark Cave with uh, wet, slimy shit and stones and all that, and Harry turns on the flashlight app on his wand again, and they wander around. And again, the pacing here is pretty good. Just like in the last chapter, this is honestly like when the book is at its best, when there's just like some creepy shit out there, and we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, and they're just like wandering. And there's some cool description about like Harry stepping on a rat skull, or maybe it was Ron stepping on a rat skull, and they see like this molted version of the snake, and you know, the snake's body, and it's all fucking massive, and it's like... You know, it's getting good. And then, of course, Sue Grafton is like, oh, I have an idea. I'll say I killed the snake and I'll use this skin as proof and then say that I was too late to save the girl and that Harry and Ron also died, whatever. And so then he steals Ron's wand and tries to do the forgetfulness spell on them for some reason. But, of course, the wand blows up because Ron's wand doesn't work. Like, even if Ron's wand did work, this dude's escape plan doesn't even make any sense. Like, he's going to make them forget... And he's going to somehow leave with the snake skin, even though he doesn't know how to get back out. And then he's going to say he killed the snake. And then that'll be fine for, I don't know, exactly as long as the snake stays away, which seems to be not very fucking long. Like, his plan to just get out of town, that's the best one of them all. Like, and if he thinks he can run away, why bother with this, with any of this other shit? Just get the fuck out of there. Who gives a shit? Let these kids die at the hands of the snake. This dude, man, this dude sucks. This dude's so, like, he doesn't make any fucking sense. Also, why the hell is Ron carrying around the broken wand, anyway, in the first place? Like, what is even the purpose of that? It's way too convenient that he's just like, Yep, my wand cannot be used without malfunctioning. Nevertheless, I will carry it around, presumably on the off chance that someone will steal it and attempt a nefarious scheme, which will instantly backfire. Anyway, so the wand explosion also causes the tunnel to cave in. And so now they're like, picture it as they're stuck on opposite sides of the rock that like falls between them. So Harry can continue, but Ron and Sue Grafton are stuck on the other side. 
And Harry, like, looks at the big cracks in the ceiling, and he's like, maybe I can break it. And he's like, but fuck it, I'll just keep going on alone. And Ron's like, yeah, I'll stay here with the psycho guy. No problem. And so Harry keeps walking, and he's going all fucking Maze Runner on us. And finally, he gets to this thing with, like, two snake statues, I guess. Snake carvings, something like that. And he's like, open. And he probably says it in the weird language. And the snake carvings open, and he's like, it's fucking go time. And he walks through. And that's the end of the chapter. And so that's like a cool cliffhanger ending, leading us into the penultimate chapter. And so like, honestly, these last two chapters have been better than pretty much every other chapter in the book so far. These are good chapters. Most of this book has been a boring slog, but it's starting to pay off. Finally, I'm actually kind of excited to start reading the next chapter. I'm not dreading it like I normally am. And also, it could just be that I know there are only two more chapters. So I'm almost done with this book, and I've been told by multiple sources that the first two books are the worst two books, so I'm excited to get through this shit and onto the real shit, although I'm also dreading the next book because it's like twice as long, or maybe that's the next one after that, I don't know. I just know that at some point they jump from like 90,000 words to like 190,000. I am still going to read them one chapter at a time, like a fucking psychopath though. Guarantee you that. You can count on that. None of this grouping bullshit. Oh, next week is chapters 4 through 7. Fuck that shit. No, you want to read along for next time? Read one chapter. That's it. Low commitment on both our ends. That is the Darren tries to understand Harry Potter guarantee. Jesus Christ, 200 episodes or something like that? 200 fucking episodes of this shit. And then on to, like, I don't know, Twilight. No, there's there's actually no way in hell I'm, I'm doing Twilight. I actually tried to annotate Twilight one time. Like, just, like, take the text of Twilight and put little snarky comments as footnotes throughout and i got like halfway through the first chapter and just gave up it is so fucking awful also it's really weird because the podcast is ostensibly about the subjective experience of reading the book but now the experience of reading the book is completely bound up with the experience of doing the podcast so my thoughts are now this weird charlie kaufman-esque jumble of reading performatively to recap and outlining with an eye towards the performative analysis of the performative reading it's fucking This book is a trip, but not because it is, but because what I'm doing. And the weirdest thing is that a couple weeks ago, someone someone in the real world, someone in in Meat Space asked me, have you read Harry Potter? And I was like, fuck, I don't know how to answer this. Like, I've only read the first book and a half, but like, I have really read that first book and a half. Like, I I have such strong opinions on this thing that I'm like one eighth of the way through. It's weird. Anyway, so as for predictions, my prediction is that the heir to Slytherin is... Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Percy Percy B. Weasley. He was acting weird. He had a weird interaction with Ginny that she freaked out about, and now Ginny is captured. So either that's a really dumb red herring, or he's he's got something to do with this thing. Also, he like he doesn't fucking serve any other point in this series of novels, so we might as well just make him a shitty bad guy. Ron has more than enough siblings to make up for it anyway, so if it's not him, it should be. I don't know. I think it it's hard because I think that that's probably what's going to happen, but I also think that I'm going to have a lot of complaints about that when it does happen, if it does happen. Or I could be surprised and it's someone else or something else entirely. It's always a possibility. Who fucking knows? I guess we'll find out.